At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. For Monday, June the 14th, 2021, this is The Brief from WABE News. I'm Jim Burris. Glad you're along. Atlanta police say a 23-year-old passenger in one of two cars involved in an early morning shootout on I-85 is in stable condition this evening. All northbound lanes of I-85 were shut down for hours for the investigation near Cheshire Bridge Road. Police say a dispute between two vehicles escalated into a gun battle. They say a Fired gun was recovered at the scene from the victim's vehicle. Atlanta Police Department Captain Jason Smith said these road rage incidents have been on the increase. I think we all know Atlanta traffic. We've all been around Atlanta traffic. We know we're going to get frustrated. You guys are going to get frustrated when you leave here. I'm going to get frustrated when I leave. I'm going to get frustrated tomorrow morning on the way in. So are you guys. So we'd like to remind everybody to be a courteous driver. Use your blinker. If somebody cuts you off, it's not the end of the world. Smith says police are still searching for the other vehicle involved. They have no arrests, and officers are investigating how the dispute started. Atlanta police have charged a 15-year-old girl and boy in connection with a shooting at Lenox Square Mall last night that left a security guard critically injured. During a news conference today, Deputy Chief Charles Hampton Jr. detailed the charges. The charges uh, that we took out were armed robbery, criminal attempt, a murder, aggravated assault, Possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony, possession of a firearm by a person under 18, and tampering with evidence. Police say they were called to the mall after reports of shots being fired around 8.30 last night. That's when they found the victim shot. Police say they had the suspects in custody within 10 minutes of the 911 call. More than $4 billion are coming to Georgia public schools to help them reopen this fall. It's part of the American Rescue Plan. Georgia's U.S. Senators, Democrats John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, announced the exact allotments today. The total includes $193 million for the Atlanta Public School District, more than $189 million for Clayton County Schools, and more than $182 million for Cobb County Schools. A note of disclosure, WABE's broadcast license is held by the Atlanta Board of Education. Visitors to national park sites in Georgia spent less money last year than they had in previous years. Molly Samuel reports nationwide visitor numbers and spending were down because of the pandemic. While a lot of people spent more time outside last year, a lot of national park sites were closed, at least in the early months of the pandemic. According to the National Park Service, nationwide visits in 2020 dropped to a 40-year low. Here in Georgia, total visitor spending on things like hotels, food, and transportation was about $90 million less last year than in 2019. Kennesaw Mountain brought in the most visitor money in Georgia, just over $140 million, according to the Park Service. The Chattahoochee River National Recreation Area was second with just under $140 million. Molly Samuel, WABE News. 
Atlanta is in the top 20 of the best cities for gamers in the country. WalletHub ranks Atlanta as 18 out of 100. Joe Gonzalez is an analyst at WalletHub, and she attributes some of Atlanta's growth in gaming to the pandemic. Nationwide and globally, this has actually seen a huge boom from the pandemic. And in a city like Atlanta, where so many games and systems are developed, you see that tenfold. Atlanta ranked eighth in the video game job openings per capita category. Gonzalez says other industries like film and television contribute to the growth of the gaming industry here since companies often overlap and collaborate. If you're around in the 1970s in gay Atlanta, you'd likely know all about Diamond Lil. We fit The famed drag queen moved to Atlanta in the 1960s and found a living performing at Mrs. P's on Ponce de Leon and Chuck's Rothskeller and Rose Room on Monroe Drive. Known as Queen of the Jukeboxes, her iconic performances were legend. It was a different time in the 1970s for Atlanta's LGBT population. Some say the heyday, but one full of struggle for visibility and political agency. Martin Padgett wrote about it in his new book, A Night at the Sweet Gum Head. And when we spoke recently, he talked about why he chose that venue as the backdrop. I chose it because it was a place where it developed very quickly into a hub of gay nightlife. And then later on, it developed another identity as a center of gay political awareness. Uh, The first owner of the nightclub, um, he wanted the place to remain quiet and and a place where gay people could meet each other you know, Sub Rosa. He, he wanted it to not be on the police's radar. Um, when he sold the bar, 1974, and the new manager of the club decided that you know this this political wave that was propelling gay rights was was something to be honored and something to be amplified. So the Sweet Gum Head began to host fundraisers and also began to really spread out in different directions. It wasn't just a drag bar. It wasn't just a disco club. It, they also started to stage you know, to do live performances of stage, to do full plays reenacted. They hosted movie debuts. It almost became kind of a clubhouse. Was this central to Atlanta becoming known as a gay hub? I think Atlanta had some natural advantages to becoming a a hub of the queer community, Um, being relatively far away from New Orleans or Washington, D.C. or Detroit or Miami, you know, other places that had small communities that weren't San Francisco and that weren't New York. Um, it it also had a, a sort of a progressive atmosphere. Atlanta was always a progressive oasis in the middle of ultra-conservative areas, according to a few of the people that I interviewed. So when it became obvious that these gay bars were going to be permitted to exist openly under Sam Massell's administration, and then also obviously under Maynard Jackson's administration, the number of gay nightclubs here exploded. Um, they went from uh, just having a handful that were kind of basement operations run run under very discreet measures to dozens of gay bars. And Cheshire Bridge became one of the hubs of these. At one point, there must have been six or seven bars just at the corner of La Vista and Cheshire Bridge Road. Today, it looks nothing like, well, it looks little like it may have in the mid-70s. Talk about the shift and, and how kind of those spaces started to disappear and the kind of fallout or the implications of that. If you drive down Cheshire Bridge Road today, um, you literally see the hulking, burned-out wreck of one of the delis, the, the Happy Hermans, where the performers from the Sweet Gum Head would go to eat after or before they performed or while they were practicing. You know, Cheshire Bridge is kind of reverting to the pre-gay nightclub era. 
Chesham Bridge Road has always been on the precipice of gentrification, but now there's a little more urgency. There are apartment buildings going up where strip clubs once were, um, and the uh, LGBT clubs have kind of lost their traction there, just like they have all around the city. Uh, it's it's easier to meet people on smartphones or to be absorbed into the general nightlife of the city of Atlanta, and that's something to admire and something to enjoy. But we're also losing these distinct queer spaces, and that's something to be concerned about, I think. In fact, in your foreword, something that you wrote um, really sticks with me, and that's when you say assimilation is one of the main things that have eroded our community. Uh, you say we as in queer people are in danger of being lost. Uh, how? When we lose the interconnectivity, especially under COVID, we have lost the in-person community that we've enjoyed, especially here in Atlanta. I, I think we lose the ability to pull ourselves together when politically or you know, for other reasons, we need to amass ourselves. Uh, we can't ever let our guard down. You know, there are states that want to enact all sorts of anti-trans laws. There are states that want to enact other LGBT-unfriendly legislation. And a couple of the Supreme Court justices sitting on the bench today have already hinted that they would like to take another look at a Obergefell, the same-sex marriage decision. We always have to be aware, and we always have to be prepared to be a community and to act as one. Martin Padgett is the author of A Night at the Sweet Gum Head, Drag, Drugs, Disco, and Atlanta's Gay Revolution. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Martin. Thank you so much. Meals are back on Delta Airlines starting tomorrow, just not from Atlanta yet. First-class flyers from Boston and New York's JFK, too, and from Seattle, Los Angeles, and San Francisco will see the return of breakfast, lunch, and dinner now, customers in premium seats on other domestic long-haul flights can choose snacks from a basket. For the rest of us in the back, main cabin travelers can purchase snacks. There is more local news available on our website at wabe.org. This is WABE News. Sounds Like ATL is a music documentary series that takes an in-depth look at the artists amplifying Atlanta's famed music community. Built around a desire to highlight Atlanta's diverse and world-renowned music scene, each episode features unforgettable, intimate musical performances by fresh new musical guests, each with exclusive interviews about the stories behind their music. Listen to Sounds Like ATL Saturday evenings at 7 on WABE and WABE.org. The world has changed from shifts in power to a mental health crisis. So with all this social change, how do we balance the human desire for empathy, the business need for productivity, and the hope to make an impact in our community? This is a new podcast, The Social Impact Leader. I'm Jeff Schinnebarker. Join me as we explore people doing work a little different. Available every Wednesday at wabe.org forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. W-A-B-E.